Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello and welcome to another episode of Happy Mum, Happy Baby, the podcast. Today's guest has literally been on my um, dream guest list for quite some time. She's very difficult to pin down. <laughs> oh, no. um, we know a lot about her because we've seen on our, our screens for a number of years. It is the amazing Firma Gann. Oh, hi. Hi, how I are can't you? believe that I've been on your dream guest list. I know. Epic. Well, okay, and you've got a little girl who's Sunday. Yes. And how old is she now, too? She is two. She was two in November, so she's, yeah, creeping up to two and three months. It's funny, isn't it? Because as, as mums, and I'm sure dads as well, but I still live her age by months. I think yeah. that's really, like, instilled into your brain when you're pregnant and you're living every month, like... 
the size of a fruit and yeah. really like studying it. And I, I still do that. I'm like, yeah, she's two and three months. <laughs> I do that. It's that I remember seeing this thing going around Instagram with someone asking how old their child is and someone replied, oh, she's 24 months. <laughs> she's two. Bang on, two. She's yeah, two. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what was your childhood like? I had a really happy childhood, really happy childhood. I lived with my mum and dad and my sister and in Essex. I'm a born and bred Essex girl. And I was just, I was a bit of a, I wouldn't say, would you say wild child? I was just very free spirited and loved life. I loved being outdoors. I was kind of a little bit of a tomboy, mm -hmm. played every single sport and... Yeah, that's about it, really. You've got a sister, haven't you? Yeah, so I've got a sister who's three years older than me. And we lived down a little cul-de-sac. And just I can just remember always being outdoors and just having lots of fun. Whereabouts in Essex were you? Brentwood. Oh. What's really strange is I grew up in down this cul-de-sac for 13 years. I was born in Harold Wood and I, I, I grew so up. Was I. Was you? Yeah. Oh, there you go. The hospital's not there <laughs> yeah. anymore, is it? Uh, is it not? No, it's all like swanky flats and apartments. Of course it is. That's what we need. Yeah. Um, so basically I, I grew up there for 13 years and now at the age of 29, I've just moved out of my apartment where I was living and I bought a house on not the cul-de-sac, but the same road. It's literally crazy. I feel like it's like history repeating itself yeah. and potentially Sunday might go to the same primary school as what I went to. So yeah, it's uh, it's quite surreal actually. How does it make you feel knowing that Sunday's gonna, you know, you know, you've seen that road through yeah. a child's eyes. It's... Yeah, it's it's funny you mention that actually because recently, so many things that she's been doing has been bringing back my childhood memories. There's this little lane that we used to drive down to to get to our school, and it's kind of a cut through. It's very countryside. It's all enclosed by trees, and it's well, I would describe it as really magical. But mm. I think that's how I saw it when I was younger. So, and I, I so many memories are coming back, and I think to myself, Sunday is going to have. All of this, yeah. all of this. I always think, so when I feel moments like that, I almost want to vocalise it so that the boys see it like that. Yeah. And then I realise that my mum and dad never would have vocalised that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. Like, as we're driving down this road. Yeah. It's magical with the trees overgrowing. Taking yeah. the trees, Sunday, isn't it magical? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not realistic at all, especially at the moment with her major tantrums. Like, I am... A mum on the edge, to say the least. Funnily enough, I've just done some Insta stories before I come into you. And I, I kind of, I've got like a love-hate relationship with Instagram. What I love about it is that I feel like there is a sense of community, especially yeah. with mums. So I, obviously, I hate it for the obvious reasons, comparing yourself to others, blah, blah, blah. But um, I turned to my Instagram and was like, Am I on my own here, or is, are there other mums in the mm. in the same in the same boat? I feel like Sunday literally. She loves everyone but me. She even loves her bun bun, which is this rotten jelly cat bunny. She even loves bun bun more than me. Like I could open a yogurt the wrong way, melt cut down a piece of toast the wrong way, cut a pieces. Oh, oh God, yeah, like big mistake if I if I pinch a piece of food from her plate. Yesterday I I had my family over for a roast dinner and she frisbeed her roast dinner across the kitchen. And my granddad, bless him, who's obviously it's her it's his great granddaughter, he was like, oh, you know, getting up and I was like, granddad, just ignore her. 
just like no one's talking to Sunday because I was like, I can't keep pandering to her tantrums. It's and I'm kind of like, do do I do I sit with her and like you know try and understand why she you know is it frustration why she's experiencing this like work through her feelings or or do I just ignore I'm very very tall and it's very difficult because I think every child is different <sighs> so how I would have mm. expect like because Max isn't quite there yet but with Buzz and Buddy. Buzz, you could kind of reason with, you know, he was, yeah, I, I who's still unreasonable because that's what two year two year olds are like. But there was a there was a level, yeah. Whereas Buddy, there I know that there is just no that you can't fight fire with fire with him. So and true. And you do need to just let him sit on whatever he's feeling. Yeah, for a yeah. little bit. It's so hard. Have you found it useful having people go like? just sort of messaging you going, I feel like that, oh my God, just knowing that you're not on your own. Oh, I love it. Like I said, I feel like you can turn to social media to get that real sense of community almost. Mm. Um, you know, with, with like her sleeping patterns or every single stage you can you can ask for others' opinions. And I think being, well, Sunday's my first and she's my only child to, to this date, but I am... Um, I've always welcomed other people's opinions. Mm. Well, we know that people will give you their opinions regardless, especially when it comes to children like, oh, I did this and you should do that and blah, blah, blah. But I, I love it because I didn't know how to look after a child and I'm still, you learn on the job, don't you? But you realise so, that no one knows. Yes. And, and I like the fact that when people are really, really passionate about what they think you should do, that's because they've gone through some difficulty and they found <laughs> something they're like you need to know this <laughs> no it's all right your child was different to mine yeah. you know it might won't necessarily work in the yeah. same way but I think that is why people are so hell-bent on giving their opinion so forcefully that's true it's trial and error isn't it mm. trial and error but at the moment I've tried everything and there's just she's very strong-willed is Sunday it's I, hard not to th think that it's you oh, when it's happening oh seriously I'm like I, I said to my sister yesterday I'm getting to the point where, like, I, I'm really just telling myself, it's a phase, it's terrible twos, like, just just work through it. I tried potty training. I, I gave up very, very quickly. Um, It doesn't help that my mum's been away for two weeks, loving life in Sri Lanka. I rang her yesterday and I said, I, c I can't, can't actually do this. Like, where are you? I've managed up to this point. She was like, just put the potty away, darling. Let's pick it back up in a month. And it calmed me so much. Um, so, but just yeah. having people say that, you oh, know what I mean? I like, with Buzz, we, we tried it way too early. Yeah. We left it. He, we got to the point where he couldn't even look at the potty. The potty would make him go mad. Yeah, it's a really traumatic yeah, it's traumatic, exactly. And I was thinking, like, I don't want to give her a urine infection because she's too Holding uncomfortable yeah. to, like, hold it. And I can see it in her face mm. she's screaming going mad she's crossing her legs so yeah it, I mean I'm offloading and venting it's safe <laughs> to say I've had a really eventful weekend with my two-year-old well that's the thing so obviously at the moment we know that I've been writing a book about letters and and I literally think that every time I sit down for a letter if I had written that on a different day or if someone so interviews for that at the moment, if I had had an interview the day before the one that I, I could be sat there going, it's the most amazing thing, or they don't listen to me, I'm yeah. really bad at this, yeah. I'm a terrible mum. That's it, it just depends on the mood, doesn't it? Yeah, and where you get caught on what you're going to say. Absolutely. Did you always know you wanted to be a mum? Um, yes, but I wouldn't say I was necessarily overly maternal before I had Sunday. It wasn't like... 
the be all and end all for yeah. me. I wasn't like, oh, I can't wait to have kids. I was at a stage where I was very much loving life. I mean, I love life even more now. She's she's in my life. But I was just living like just no responsibilities. Yeah. Um, well, life was really, it was a very ex exciting point career-wise, yeah. what you were up to. Yeah, it was just very busy. And I didn't feel like... Um, uh, that it wasn't, you know, I want to have children right now. Mm. But she was a lovely surprise and she was, you know, such a blessing at a time where I've... This is what I love about... Um, and I didn't... I don't think I appreciated it pre-Sunday when my fr friends or my sister found out they was pregnant. I didn't realise how special that was for that individual. Yeah. I, I just didn't really get it. I was like, oh, that's nice. Even when my friends had babies, I was like, oh, cute. But, you know, like yeah. I wasn't... I wasn't that invested or interested in anything until I had Sunday. I realised even throughout my pregnancy how special, how special and exciting that moment mm. is for someone. Because honestly, I, I really, really, truly believe that every single baby, I mean, it's, it's not easy to fall pregnant. It's literally 30% chance. And that's if everything is right with you, everything is right with man, there's still only 30% chance of you falling pregnant. And, they, the right and there you go. And that's why I think... I'm quite spiritual anyways, but that's why I think that they are such a blessing. Mm. They're so meant to be. Like, for me, she was the 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 perfect, she was the, the perfect timing. So many, so much chaos. I bet lots of people was like, oh, you know, so much is going on and is this the right time to have a child? And I knew deep down this is, this is what, like, without going too cringe and deep, but life has you know, chosen for me mm. to this to happen to me. So, yeah, she was an absolute blessing, as is every baby. What made you think that you were pregnant? Um, well, my boobs were massive. I'm not really the kind of girl. <laughs> They're really painful as well. I can remember. <laughs> I was like, <gasps> I was going in the gym thinking, I can't even, like, touch them. They yeah. were so, so painful. Um, I'm not really the kind of person to track my periods I yeah. know that's really is that bad no I don't think so I think if you're not there why would you no, no if you're not in that place of life no like my periods were always irregular I, I never knew whether they were coming or going I'm not really a regimented person like even when my period comes each month I'm still surprised I'm like oh like oh I'm Aunt Flo's here yeah <laughs> <laughs> Aunt Flo um but yeah I yeah my boobs and and it was a very long time since my last period. Yeah. Yeah. There was obviously a lot of stuff going on with yes. your ex at that point. Yeah. When you thought that could be... Because I think it's very different thinking it and then actually finding out. Yeah. They're two different moments. Yeah. How did you... How did you feel when you thought that might be the case? So I actually done a pregnancy test at an airport. I was on my way up to Scotland for a job, a really active, I was doing an open water swim. No, actually, at the time, sorry, I had two jobs in Scotland. One was an open water swim and one was outdoors activity when I was working with this morning at the time. And I was doing that and I done a pregnancy test in the airport, found out I was pregnant. And then I had to go in like a full blown wetsuit in Loch Lomond, freezing cold in Scotland. I'm sure it's probably, I told the doctor before that. <laughs> like, like, um... Yeah, I know. It was, it was terrifying. <laughs> it was, I can just remember feeling so 
excited, but like so at this point, life was normal. Yeah, like, like, like yeah. things were good. Yeah, things things were good. Obviously, it was ve- it would come to a, yeah. a to a surprise, but I was really just not like not away with the fairies, but just kind of like oh, like I guess this is really exciting, but scary. But I just felt like it was. It was. It felt right. Yeah. And obviously, well, you know, thank God I was pregnant because I think if I wasn't, I probably wouldn't be sat here happy and smiling and loving life as much as I do with Sunday, even though she's going through the terrible twos. But yeah, ha- being pregnant at, and having a trauma, which was what, did the, what I went So the through. trauma went afterward, came afterwards? Yeah. yeah. So did he know that you were pregnant? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean there was there was so much that went on in the press and it's it's still a very I don't particularly talk about it. I'm okay to talk yeah. about it, but I don't Well, I won't push anything. Yeah, no, so no, no, whatever that's, you no, want. No, no, I'm 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 happy to talk about it to a certain to a certain degree, but it is it's very very difficult to talk about. Um but yeah, he he knew and then that happened and then it was my my whole first experience of a pregnancy or what you think an ideal fairy tale pregnancy would be was robbed from me. However, when you separate the two, my personal life and what happened, and you just look at my pregnancy as just me being pregnant, it was actually um, a wonderful, like pretty, pretty, uh, pretty smooth pregnancy. Like, I loved it. I really, really just lived my best life. I know that sounds mad. But I went to one of my best friend's weddings in the south of France, fully with bump. I just, I almost like lived life to the fullest. Mm. I was like, I'm not going to let this pregnancy or this situation control me anymore my pregnancy got leaked to the press like so much yeah so how when you were telling people do you were forced to kind of tell people yeah was there a speculation did the whole do the whole oh we think she might be did they put that in no no a tabloid got the story and someone had leaked it to the press and then yeah so that's when sunday came i really wanted it to be a joyous obviously of course it was going to be a celebration do you think the birth then was kind of putting all of that to bed in a way kind of like look that happened during the pregnancy but she's here and life has to move forward 100% I wanted to take the control back because I think even when you're pregnant you lose all sense of control you lose control of your body and I mean it's an amazing thing growing a baby inside of you but when she came I didn't know I was having a boy or a girl I I didn't want anyone even with you know uh, through a magazine or I I didn't want to I wanted to do it on my terms take control back on my social media. That's why I wanted to announce when I... I wanted, I wanted it to come from me. I wanted to announce her name, not through a magazine. I wanted, to, it, I wanted it to be just from me and when I wanted to. And, yeah, can't believe that was... Two years and two, two months. Two years and two months <laughs> and counting, or three months. So, yeah, it's crazy. What was your labour like? Am I right in thinking you did hypnobirthing or you looked into yes, it? Yes. No, I, I I did hypnobirthing. My mum was my birthing partner. My sister was there at the same time. And my labour was amazing. Like, I literally loved it. 
<laughs> Such a weirdo. Did you like your labels? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. I really enjoyed it. And I, I really wanted to feel, this sounds so sick, but I really wanted to feel that physical pain. And I wanted to experience a contraction and and just go through it. So I was lucky enough to have a birth that I kind of envis envisaged. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was great. I'd done the majority of my labour at home at my mum's. We went on a massive hike over Thorndon Country Park. Did you know you were had things started at this point? Yeah, or were you like yeah. to kick well, okay. Yeah. No, so I, I was like, you know, like for, with your first pregnancy, yeah. you're like every you're like, oh, was that contraction? And then people go, you'll know. Or oh, was that my water's breaking? And then everyone's like, you'll know. My hind waters broke on Halloween and there was a small gush. Um, I was at my friend's Halloween party in full costume <laughs> with my bump. And um, I was like, oh, I think my waters have just broke. And I went home and then I, I went to the, because nothing happened. Mm. I went to the hospital and they done, it's almost like a little pregnancy test. And they're like, yep, it's signs that, that your waters, let's, let's get the balls rolling. Let's induce you all of this. I was like, no, 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 no. And then look, I had a consultant and she was like, let's just sit with it. And it wasn't until a few, they they was really like keen to induce me and all yeah. of that, which I totally Were you get. over? Or is no, it I was a week gone. early. Right. But it was, my waters hadn't gone. They just eventually the had to pop them. It was the high waters, oh. really weird. But anyways, I just kept active over the next few days. And then I was actually out for Chinese with my friends and I kept feeling these little twinges every 20 minutes. And then as the days went on, it was all systems go. And yeah, as I said, I, I walked into Queen's Hospital at 20 past 10 at night and had her two hours later. But obviously, this is why I don't, I don't understand when I, I had a 72 hour later. <laughs> Where do you start it from? I know, I know. That's, I, I find that really weird. Because if, if you're saying that then, okay, from the moment that the hindwaters went to when I had them twinges, I would be in labour for a week. Like seriously, yeah. like from the start of, but yeah, active labour I done done at my mum's and then had her. Yes, it. Oh my god, the pain. That is so painful, isn't it? And then it just goes. <laughs> well, it's a very it different in... kind of pain. It's like an earthquake on your body. Yeah. The shudder. Um, honestly, for me, like for anyone that's listening that's pregnant, don't get freaked out. I literally third time round. Because I'd done hypnobirth the other two times, so mm. I knew how important breathing was. Yes. I know that people were like, I'll just breathe for you later, labour, better. Gets off, you, you know, in a whatever. good headspace. It does. It? And, but on my third time round, I was literally only sending breath down to my, che like, to my chest. I wasn't sending it anywhere yes. else. Yes. And I suddenly realised that, like, hours into it. Mm. And I thought to myself, why am I feeling this? Why, why is it feeling quite intense? And then suddenly I started breathing. And I was like, oh, I'm good to go. I can sleep in the pool now. <laughs> I can do whatever. But... Yeah, it is. It's a very odd feeling. It really is. It's remarkable, though, actually, how much breathing mm. can help you. And it, it, it I, I mean, yes, it is painful, but that whole mind over matter. You could, if you can get yourself in a wonderful state of just focus on your breath, mm. then and you, you've got the people around you know that that you're doing that, and they're there to support you, then. You're going to have a great labour. But I did train throughout my pregnancy as well. I think that helped. Did you? Someone said to me, and I say this all the time, like the lead up to, let's say you're going to run a marathon, 
that's going to be like a really big deal in your mm -hmm. life, running 27 miles or however long it is. And you're not going to not do any training towards yeah. like that epic moment. So that's how I saw it. I was like, birth is going to be a marathon and I'm going to make sure I'm the fittest, healthiest. And I think obviously with everything that was going on, I had this like, I want to be like focused and healthy and positive. And so, yeah. And it's like you say, though, it's that in that way, at a time where you could have done the opposite if you hadn't have fallen pregnant. Like, it could have been such an overwhelming time in a very different way. Yeah. Sunday, Sunday did give you that focus and that yeah. drive. Yeah, absolutely. There was light at the end of the tunnel with with Sunday and, and being pregnant. I knew I had that date or rough date in the diary that, I, and I just had, that's how I got through a very difficult time. And I think when you do go through trauma or an unexpected situation that completely sends you off course, you don't realise how resilient you actually are. Mm. Like, and, and I understand, like, when people talk about stress and being pregnant, you you just become, like... I just, I just found this inner strength, and I, I believe that was Sunday. She gave me that inner strength to just push forward. Mm. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now save 50 percent on the sleep number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for jd power 2023 award information visit jdpower.com awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com what was it like having your mom with you oh She's just the best. She's Have you the... always been that close? Yeah, we've always been close. I was a very difficult teenager. And when I had Sunday, I looked at my mum. I think we were coming back from, oh, I don't know, the hospital, God knows. And I was like, I'm so sorry, Jill. I am <laughs> Do so... Do you call her Jill? Yeah, oh my God. Right, <laughs> this is one of the most asked, <laughs> answered questions in my DMs. Like, why do you call your mum Jill? Like, is she your mum? I don't know why I call Where her is she your mom? That is her name. That is her name. People are like, why do you call her Jill? Don't know. I think it was just a bit of a joke. And now she it just stays like that. Call her mum when I want something. Right, okay. But yeah, couldn't have done it without my mum. Even moving forward, if I'm lucky enough to have more babies, she'd be there every really? step of the way. Yeah. Feel like you really, I don't know, I might feel differently if I'm in, I don't know. No, I think I'll always have my mum there. Yeah. Yeah. What was it like finding out that you you had a girl? <sighs> Just because you don't. I know you didn't know. No, like, I did know. Did you have a like leaning towards one way or? I think in the end, 
you just kind of, well, I know that I did. I just was like, just forgot about it. Everyone was saying, you're having a boy, look at your bum. Oh, you felt like this, you know, all the yeah, old yeah. wives' tales. But no, everyone was saying that I was having a boy. And uh, honestly, when she come out, they were like, do you want to know what it is? And there was a few seconds that I didn't even ask. I was yeah. like, oh, I've survived. Baby's fine. And I just was like, I've done it. I was like having a little <laughs> moment, like, go me. You're so exhausted. And then they was like, it's a girl. And I, I was just very happy. Couldn't imagine, couldn't imagine myself with a boy. But if you'd have had a boy, you'd be saying the same about the other. Exactly. And it's really interesting in that moment when you do find out like for me, they could have said it was an alien yeah, and I would have had so exactly true. the same rush of love. <laughs> that is so true. Did you have like an instant bond? Because there's so much pressure on that moment. I was really, the, this was one thing that I was really worried about and I, I spoke about this quite publicly. I was really scared that I wasn't going to have that gush of, of, of love that everyone talks about, that unconditional gush of love. And especially where I wasn't super maternal I was like am I even gonna love this baby like just mm. g genuine thoughts I was so concerned and you get that whole insomnia and all of them things that come with pregnancy and I was like I, it was it was my biggest concern am I am I gonna even love this baby but yeah I, I think I think I did I really think I did there was a moment where it was just me and her quite soon after giving birth I think my mum popped back home She'd been there for, you know, throughout my labour. And I, I was just looking at her. It's it's a magical moment, isn't it? Mm. And it's like, this baby is mine, all mine. And it, it's just amazing. And I think that was that, it's that surreal realisation that's super overwhelming. That's that gush of love. I was like, I cannot believe I've got a baby and she's mm. mine and... She's a big responsibility, but yeah, it's an amazing love, amazing love. Um, how did you find breastfeeding in public? Yeah, that was scary mm. at first. And I remember going over to Blue Water Shopping Centre and thinking it was just me and Sunday and I wanted to get out of the house. And I was so nervous. Mm. And I think I think it's a concern for, for many mums, yeah. breastfeeding mums, like doing it in public, you feel embarrassed and whatever. But Which yeah. as much as people tell you, you don't have to be embarrassed. It's a natural thing. You can't help how you feel. Oh, no. Yeah, especially like, you know what your boobs are like when you're breastfeeding. They're, they're not cute. <laughs> they are not. I don't think anyone's ever described my boobs as cute. Maybe in no. the sense there's nothing of them. but <laughs> they're, definitely, they're definitely not cute now. My God. My Lord, my boobs are not cute anymore. But they're not cute. They are big udders. And yeah, I felt really self-conscious whacking them out in public. Do you, you think another part of that as well is because it's you and you know that people know your face. So instantly you're feeding your child. They've seen your face. They've seen your boob. Yes. Even though they probably don't. Yes. I had this moment this morning as well. I, I, Who have you I'd... been flashing? <laughs> oh, my God. Not with my tits. I just realised what I've just said. <laughs> just randomly being like, no, no. <laughs> Bear with me, guys. Okay. I'd done a Barry's boot camp class and I, I normally just put my gym stuff, well, leave my gym stuff on and just get the train back home. But this morning, obviously, I was coming here. Yeah. And then I've got meetings after and I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to have a shower in the changing, you know, in the changing rooms. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm going to have to do the whole knicker trick and all of that. And it was, um, 
yeah, I got over it and I, I had a shower in the communal changing rooms and I was I was thinking to myself, I wonder if if people looking at me thinking, oh, I've recognised that girl and she's there naked having a shower, like, and then she's getting changed. Yeah. But no one cares. <laughs> like, it's all in my head. Similar to how I felt with breastfeeding. Yeah, I think that definitely played a part. Um, people would look at me like, oh, there's, you know, yeah. so, and so I've seen her on the on the Daily Mail, whatever it is. I've seen her show and she's she's breastfeeding, but mm. I don't think people really care. Also, I think you think people are going to see much more than they actually do. Yes. You have to really be looking. So true. You really do. I remember I used to be a hair colourist for years and I was highlighting a lady's hair and for the whole time she was breastfeeding her baby and I had no idea. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you're right. You don't see a lot. I'm all for openly talking about women's health. I feel like it's something that is such a taboo and not spoken about hardly at all until kind mm. of now, really. Um, and now, you can understand how people get depressed about stuff like that. Totally. Like, my, I've I've had a prolapse, well, I have a prolapse bladder, stage one. I've t- spoke about it quite openly. Um, in the public, on my show, on this morning. And when I opened up about it, I could not believe the amount of DMs and people, you know, getting in touch, women, and how much it has affected just simple day-to-day tasks, Mm. let alone their, their relationships. Because, you know, just even things like long car journeys and one in two, which I found mental, one in two women who would have a vaginal delivery would experience some sort of prolapse, whether it's leakage or a prolapse womb or, you know, whatever it may be. So I found that re- I found that shocking. How many people DM'd you and hadn't been to the doctor, had been too embarrassed to go? Just an untold amount. Yeah. And I think that, you know, with my platform, okay, yeah, you can, you know, just reality star, whatever. I know people are like, oh, yeah, just a reality star. But I think, no, do you know what? I, I'm going to use this in a positive way. I am a woman who's not not yet 30. I very much feel like I'm in my prime and I'm experiencing something that I would associate with the elderly and I don't know anything about this. No one told me about this throughout my pregnancy and this is now two years after I've given birth and I don't know anything about it. Yes, of course, we hear about the whole, you've got to do your pelvic floors and Kegel exercises, but no one was like, if you don't, this this could Even happen. that, that, the whole, I always thought that was relating to sex. I never, ever thought it was anything, not now, obviously, yeah. but first time round, I thought that was linked to that. Like, yeah. if you don't do those exercises, then sex won't feel the same. Yeah, and you're going to have less of an orgasm and all yeah. of that. But, yeah, no, I mean, the, it's been it's been crazy, the amount of people that have got in touch. Crazy. Was it scary putting it out there first time round? Um, yes, because... It's quite, it it is embarrassing. Like, I I don't feel embarrassed talking about this with you now. This is a very safe place, (laughs) even though there'll be lots of listeners. But um, I, yeah, it it was, I just just knew it was going to go everywhere because it was such a, it is an embarrassing talking point. Like, you know, I've I've wet myself in blah, 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 you know. Mm. But um, I'm just so, I feel really proud and... Yeah, I feel like a real sense of pride that it's actually helped so many others. And also, some 
women have, have wrote to me and said, you know, I showed this to my husband to say, you know, it's not. And I, I think that's that's lovely that it's helped so many. When you think how many people, how many relationships it must affect, because you don't want anyone to kind of like if you feel like something's not quite right down there, mm. you can it can put you off. Hundred percent. You feel really unsexy. Yeah. Really unsexy. Safe to say that I can't go on the running machine without wearing a sanitary towel anymore. Really? Yeah. Is it is it something that they that can you can get help with? Yeah, so you have to actively do your Kegel exercises. Mm -hmm. So daily, holding it, pulsing, um, and I guess like going to the gym, working you know, and building muscles is exactly the same. There's an NHS down below. Um, uh, app actually called, I think it's literally called Squeezy. Yes. It's the NHS app. So it, yes. It notifies you three times a day. Yes. <laughs> it's the Encourages most, you it's to the do most it. thing that pings through on my phone. Yes. And if I'm with someone, I'm like, oh, what's that? Oh, just, you know, just doing something in my head. <laughs> That's such a good idea. I need to download that because I've got an app which the app icon, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, the app icon looks like a sex toy. <laughs> Oh, no. But like, say if I'm ever with my friends uh, or like, yeah, just like scrolling through my phone and I'm like, that looks really suspect. So I'll give that other app a little download. Yeah, it's the, this one is literally, it's like uh, someone, like a stick man squeezing their legs together, like crossing their legs, ah, like they need a wee. Go. Yeah. Yeah. But the good thing is, like, if, if anyone is concerned, you can go to see a women's physio and mm. get checked and there's nothing embarrassing about it. Go see your GP. They see things like this all the time. And that was what was so shocking to me that it's, it's something that's super common, yeah. But it's not normal. Mm -hmm. it, th this is this you is don't not normal. have to live like that. Absolutely not. So yeah, the beauty is it, the beauty of it is you can, you can um, just get squeezing basically and get it stronger. It's amazing that you sharing would have given so many people the confidence. Yeah, I love that. Like I said, it, I I do feel I have to take a moment to be like. Yes, this is embarrassing, but you're mm. going to help so many others. And as I said, it gives me a real sense of pride. Good. Yeah. Is it difficult putting yourself out there again? Or has it been? Yeah. I know you're fine now. Yeah. Not well, fine now, but... Yeah, well, like, it's it's really... It's like dating when having a baby is a whole different ball game yeah. Because you've got, you know, a responsibility. You can't just go on dates willy-nilly. You can't eat, you can't go on girls' nights out willy-nilly. Everything has to be planned and you have to get someone to look after your baby and that sort of thing. So I, I, I wanted to, if I was going on a date with someone, it had to be someone that I really liked mm. to give up time away from Sunday and to, to get my mum to look after her. So, yeah, dating was, it was tough at times. And I think I wasn't... I, I forced myself to go on dates probably too prematurely when I wasn't quite ready. But yeah, hopefully I've met a nice one now. Do you think the things that you look for in like the person you're dating or like to go on dates with changed over after having Sunday as well? I think lots of people are like, you know, are you looking for a father figure? Are you, are you making sure that, you know, they're going to be right when you introduce the Sunday? And I think for such a long time, I was like, I just want to meet someone for me. Yeah. Like, I'm a single mum. I just want to be going on nice dates and almost have, like, time away from Sunday. I'm I'm not looking for a father figure. But, of course, yes, she is my number one priority. And she does play a big role in when it comes to, to meeting someone quite serious. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's the thing, isn't it? It's very different, someone that's serious and someone that's... And you're allowed both. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Not now, obviously you're mm. in a relationship, but in, just because you're a mum doesn't mean you c- still can't have that other side. No, exactly, exactly. I uh, saw you uh, have an interview on this morning where you were talking about the term single mum. Yes. And at that point, you didn't like it. Yes. So I've done like a whole 360. Mm. And what was it at that point that made you go, I don't I don't like that term? So at the very beginning, before I had even given birth, I was labelled in the press and to everyone as a single mum. Fermican single mum. When I gave birth, single mum. And maybe it wasn't, but I felt like I was being labelled before I'd even given birth. Like, whoa, 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 I haven't even given birth and you have labelled me from the offset and mm. it bugged me and I think at that time I, I hadn't accepted that I was going to be a single mum yeah then I gave birth and then I you know was was being a new mum and I was was living it and I was actually like do you know what I'm proud to be a single mum and I, I obviously it's my only only experience but I couldn't imagine and I know this is quite hard to to understand for a lot of people that have got kids in a relationship but at this moment I can now but at that moment I couldn't imagine doing it with anyone else Mm. so I was like this is tough doing it on your own I now do feel like it it is a a two-person job raising a baby because it's so handy having someone else there just even to like carry the shopping bags Mm -hmm. or all the stupid little jobs like going pick that up or can you grab me a nappy? It's all on you, which is really, really hard. And I was like, I need to give myself some credit here. Like, this is tough. You need to be proud of what you're doing. And it's actually super rewarding because you get all the love. Yeah. So, yeah, I've, I've changed my my opinion on, on the term single mum because I, I love being a single mum. I absolutely love being as as a single mum Sunday. It must be daunting, especially at first, knowing that all of the responsibility, all of the decisions are on you. I think, like I said, I hadn't come to terms with it at all. Mm. It was a crazy time and I was like, I was getting irritated, like, stop labelling me. Why can't I just be Fermacan new mum? Yeah. Like, why can't why I Why do be... you have to have that yeah. in the title? Yeah. And I still feel like that. Like, I, I don't think you should be, like, breastfeeding mum. Mm-hmm. You know, um, same-sex couple mum. You you shouldn't have a label. It should just be new mum. Yeah. That, that's what I wanted, so desperately wanted. Um, but, yeah, now I've, as I said, done a 360 and I like being a single mum, but I wouldn't label someone from the offset. No. What sort of mum they are. It's really interesting. So I, So we have moments where, like, Tom's away for a week or whatever, and I know that in the past I have maybe said something on stories about being like solo parenting for the week or whatever. Mm. And then I had comments about you're not solo parenting because, and, and it's made me really change the way that I look at it because although I might've struggled at bedtime and had to cry in the bathroom or whatever, when they actually eventually went to sleep, I could then, if I wanted to phone up Tom exactly and have that emotional support there. It's sharing those moments with someone else. And that of course, it's all the little things like physical things but at the same time it's having that having that person to to kind of liaise with and I think that's something that I I wish I had that's something that you really miss out on those lonely nights where 
your baby's gone to bed and it's just you or those nights where your baby is up all night and you just want to turn to someone in the bed next to you and be like, what is going on here? And And just that reassurance as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And there's only so much that my mum could do. Yes, Mm. I lived with her for three months. Um, And yes, I'll always WhatsApp her and we'll voice note and call and she's there whenever I need. But it is, it is when, you know, when everyone goes to bed, it is just you. Yeah. And it is really it can be really lonely and really hard at times and quite difficult to come to terms with. You were talking about that on your show, you got quite emotional when you're talking about being lonely Mm. and how actually you're... I remember you saying something like, it's times like this that make me angry that I'm in this on my own. Yeah. How were those moments? Um, Of course, I've had many nights where I've been you know, so upset and very emotional, but you just, you just get through it. Mm. You just get through it. It's like we're talking about, you know, Sunday having tantrums and knowing that that's a phase. Mm. Sometimes those emotions are a phase. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I think every day is a new day, but of course it's nice to, I, I do think it is nice to do it with someone and share that. I've I've often described single parenting as going to a Michelin star restaurant in beautiful settings. The sun is is setting and the food is just wonderful. The service is, is superb and you're doing it on your own, mm. which I know is, is, is nice, but you like, and then, and then you just want and, and to share it. it with. Yeah. To, to share that amazing moment with can be hard, but again, there's, there's, there's perks, but yeah. Do you look back now and ever think about how things could be different? Um, Because for that very fleeting time, you had the ideal of what that was going to look like. At the beginning, I was not bitter, but there were times where I would be jealous and envious of friends that are doing it with their boyfriend. They seem all loved up and you can compare yourself to others on, on Instagram and even small moments like just being out and about and seeing a family, you know, doing it together. But I don't really have that anymore because I feel like I'm very much into the swing of it. This is my life, you know, t- two years in now and it's just me and her. There's there's times, like I said, where I'm like, I couldn't imagine doing it with someone. I can now, but I c- so I, I don't really get that anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine it would be interesting for other people that are in a similar similar situation and going through it now, mm. knowing that that is what you went through. Yes, yes. I think there are times where you feel lonely, where you feel like it's relentless, where it's all on you. Did you doubt yourself? All the time. I still do. I still do. I think you do as as a mum, whether you're in a relationship or you're not. You're doubting yourself. Am I, you know, am I doing the right thing? I actually question myself with all these tantrums. Am I, I was like, am I even a good mum? Like, obviously, like, yeah. obviously you are and you're doing your best. But I'm like, why is she not, why is she not um, getting on board and listening to me? Like, I feel like she doesn't listen to me yeah. at all. But it's a phase. But isn't so. it interesting as well, knowing sometimes that you might take on that and think it's because I'm on my own or I don't know. But that's actually... Some some things aren't a single mum thing. They're a mum thing. Absolutely. And they're things that unite all of us. 100%. So it, I, I feel like you should never be afraid of vocalising it. It's so amazing that you do. Yeah. Because other people, whether you have a partner or not, yeah. are listening to it and going, that's me. Every phase and stage of your children, you face new challenges, 
Some you just grasp and now and others you're just like, what on earth? And I, as you said, I don't think that's like being a single parent or a parent in a relationship. I just think it's universal, isn't it? Mm. Have you surprised yourself? Yeah, I actually have. Like, I really didn't think that I would take being a mum so much in my stride and I sound like I'm really blowing my own trumpet here but I am like pretty laid back yeah one thing that Sunday has brought to my life which I've never had is patience <laughs> like I'm like she's she's yeah taught me the art of patience because um I was so impatient before and just was like living life so fast paced and wanted everything now whereas obviously you have to go at their their pace and enjoy time. going at their pace. Yeah, exactly. This is where I've doubted myself recently is is it was a rush to get out the door and she was so fuming about getting in the car seat. And I was thinking to myself, if I had more time this morning, I had to get into London, come here, do my class, get her to nursery. I got organised the night before. And I thought if I had, if I wasn't a working mum and, you know, I was just at home, would she still have these tantrums? Of course she would. Are you sure? Absolutely. Because then I because was... Because it's still the toast thing. It's still the cutting of toast yes, the wrong yes, way. Yes, yeah. That's unreasonable behaviour. Yeah. <laughs> it's not you. Yes. And it's, I think that's where you've got to take that away. It's not what you're doing. It yeah. is a developmental stage where they just literally realise they have a voice. But you know what's so fascinating is um, because I have a therapist. I've had a therapist for, I'd say... Well, yeah, the best part of two years. And and what I find fascinating is is that she says two from this this moment is so crucial. Mm. It's like childhood, really things that I've done now or thoughts and feelings that I'm feeling now is learnt behaviour or things that I've experienced or had to deal with in my childhood. And I find that absolutely fascinating and scary that actually What's going on now in Sunday's life? There's a lot of pressure on me because I'm like, I am shaping her future. Yeah. That's daunting, isn't it? Yeah. That's really scary. Like, you could, <laughs> like, basically just don't fuck up because... <laughs> because we know yeah. going to happen. Oh, no, seriously. <laughs> but I'm like, this is why I'm like, okay, darling, like, that, that, don't worry, calm down, calm down. I don't want to, like, force her in the car seat. I want to, like work through her tantrums because yeah. if I make the wrong move, she could, I don't know, like fail her GCSE. I don't, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, it's actually really scary yeah. and it's all on me. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay, my next book is a series of letters all on motherhood. And I want, I want to know, if you could write a letter on motherhood, who would it be to and what would it say? Oh, I love the concept of your book, by the way. I think it's such a cool cool concept. I I actually wrote a letter to Sunday not so long ago and I posted it on my Instagram. That was so lovely. So maybe I would mix it up and write. So what would... what Any be... subject you like just on motherhood and anyone or anything. Um... Letters, my fanny, so whatever you like. <laughs> that is brilliant. <laughs> How do you write a letter to your fanny? That's so funny. Well, she won't reply. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would write, okay, I would write a letter to all mums that are pregnant that 
are not in a relationship or something's happened or they're single because obviously people have children and babies and they split up and they end up becoming single dads or single mm. moms. But when you're pregnant and you, you know that you're face you're gonna go and face it alone is is pretty goddamn scary. So I'd write a letter to them to show two years in that there is hope and you will get through it and you will find your inner strength and all will be okay. Do you think if you'd have written that letter to yourself two years ago that it could have, you know? No, because obviously I, it, I was scared and it was fear of the unknown and I didn't know what to expect. So I think that would be a good one now mm. two years on, knowing what I've endured and what I've been through and... Yeah, living proof. that you found as well. Exactly. So I think I'd do that. I like that. Uh, and I end every podcast uh, with you finishing three sentences. Oh, love it. Oh, okay. Being a mum means? Being a mum means everything. Like, it's all consuming, isn't it? Yeah. Like, she's on the forefront of my mind. Everything I do is essentially for her or around her mm -hmm. or about her. So I think being a mum means everything. Love, um, life, work. Yeah. That's such a rubbish answer, no, isn't I'm, it? No, I'm, I'm happy with that. Okay, cool. I mean, I don't grade you. It's okay, you passed. <laughs> We've got two more of these. <laughs> Since having children, I... Can I repeat what I've said in the podcast? Yeah. yeah. Since having children, I have learnt patience. Nice. Yep. Because... Um, you're literally like you're getting a sweat on at these answers. I know, like, what the hell? <laughs> Don't panic. No, because I really want them to be good. And I'm not very good on the spot. Um, patience, because I never had it, and now I'm like far more calm. Do you know what? Son, I'm going off on a tangent. They're three, right. three questions. She's really mellowed me out. Like, yeah. I was such a wild child party girl. Like, I'm still a little bit cuckoo, but she's really calmed me. Yeah. She's given me some zen. I've forgotten the question. What's the last one? <laughs> I'm happy when. I'm happy when. <laughs> I don't know whether to be honest or not. Be honest. <laughs> when I've got a glass of wine and my baby is happy asleep. No. <laughs> I'm actually serious. That is my answer. It means that you've got through a day, yes. she's happy, and you have celebrated with a glass of wine. Thank you. Yes. That sounds like a very good mum day. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. It's been a joy to talk. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank